we are not of kings, but we are of the kings of kings. And as he entered Jerusalem, you'll find that from today, there's a lot of things recorded about him. While he was getting to the end, he decided to go to Jerusalem. And I would like to take it from the Matthew account. All of them spoke about it. They all mean similar things. I know Matthew and John, they were there. Luke and Mark uh, heard it and recorded it. But they all agree. Matthew 21, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with a coat by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell him that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill that which was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a coat the fowl of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus has instructed them. I love that. They brought the donkey and the coat, placed their, their cloak on them. They were the first people to do it. And Jesus sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloak on the road while others cut branches from the tree and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. 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 And Hosanna in the highest. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? Manani. Who is this? The crowd answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Jesus entered the temple and later he entered the temple and uh, you see the contrast as a king. <laughs> Praise God. We've been reading these scriptures all the time. And this is Jesus who was going to Jerusalem, uh, Betage. And at a point, he sent his disciples to go and get him some donkeys. He's entering president. He used to walk there. Jerusalem has been a place he's been going all the time. And place they took it was uh, Bethany. You all remember the place uh, Bethany. That's where Mary and Martha, uh, uh, that was where their house was. I, I believe that this is, Jesus had a place there that he always came to leave. So anytime Jesus comes to Jerusalem, I believe that he comes back there uh, to eat and leave because it's just about one mile or a few uh, miles to Jerusalem. 
asking from here to uh, 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 maybe maybe SDA or maybe uh, around uh, not too far, but in the olden days, the village the villages are just scattered around and because it's not one community. You have to walk through some certain area before you get there. And that is how even Adenda used to be, and that is how Frafraha used to be. Before you go to uh, Adenda town, you have to walk through uh, some place, but now it has become a whole city, and uh, you call it one community. Amen. That is how it used to be. And when Jesus was going, it was a very great day because the, uh, there was a, a festival uh, that was coming on. And that festival was a remembrance of when God took Israel out of bondage. Um, uh, uh, so at that time, almost every uh, citizen, everybody that come, they gather there. Like some of us, when there's a festival in our village, we go there to celebrate it. Oh. So people came from all over. People came from every area or place because that festival was very, very, very meaningful to them. So, so that's the time they come to the city. That's where gathering comes. That's where you see old friends. That's where you see uh, all this. And the people just gathered and came and people, some of them were walking to that place because that week there was going to be that festival and everybody wanted to go to Jerusalem, the capital city, to go and celebrate it. So there was a lot of people in town at that time, like when it's Easter, you go to the mountains uh, somewhere. You see, uh, I'm in country. <laughs> <laughs> I say mountains, so I haven't said anything. Man, <laughs> and, and, and I think you, you too, you go there, you see. And I said from Pontu, you go there. <laughs> so that's a very good festival. They were the Jews, they are the Jews of our time. <laughs> the Kwaus, they are our Jews. So their festival is the, is the real festival. So there were people who were gathered, and Jesus was also going there. On in his way, uh, uh, he sent that they should pick, they should go and take some. Uh, uh, there were two, he sent two people. And uh, I believe that is very good for two people to go. And he sent two people, and any time two people do something, it works. Uh, when God speaks and we agree, it will work. There's the power of agreement in our life. And if we want to see the word of God coming to pass, we need to agree. So the two of them have to agree. They had the same word. And any time people hear the same word, and when we see the same thing and we agree on the same thing, we we'll get we see it as God says. So it's another way of an agreement in whatever we do, even in a church, we need to all have one goal or one word from the Lord. And as we look at that word, we will really go and we we'll see it as it is. So they decided to go and move. I don't know who and who was sent, but uh, two of them were sent. And on their way, they believe what Jesus said. Here is Jesus said, go. There is a, a, a donkey and it, uh, it calls, just tie it down there. Just go and uh, untie it and bring it. If it's me, I will ask questions. Because I know Jesus don't have one. Imagine me telling you, as you go, we are going, you know, and we think I didn't have a say. Go to the, there's a house in front there, there's a car there. Just go and open it. There's a key inside, just take it and bring it. And, and, and uh, it, it, it could not, what about if they, uh, they take me to be a thief and begin to beat me? We will ask questions. But they trust Jesus so much that they know whatever Jesus will say. He said, and Jesus said, if anybody comes to ask you, he knows they will be afraid that somebody will ask them something. Tell them that what? The master is what? In need. The master, the, that the Lord needs them. 
Sometimes there are things that are you've tied somewhere. The Lord needs them. It means there are things that are somewhere nobody is using, but the Lord needs them. And those codes in other places, let it, just untie it and bring it. When I finish, they will send it. So God, in, in some way, he just borrowed that car so that he can just go to the place he's going. But as a king, if he's supposed to sit on a, on a horse, because strong kings uh, exhibit their strength when they sit on chariots and horses. But this is a different type of king. When we read Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, it speaks about this king, and those who were making Hosanna, Hosanna, thought there's a king that is coming. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion, shout, daughter Jerusalem, see, your king comes to you. Righteous and what? Victorious. Lowly and what? Riding on a donkey. On a colt, the fall of a donkey. Ten. I will take away the chariot from Ephraim, and war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow, bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea, and from the river to the end of the earth. So the, 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 the Jews were expecting a Messiah, a king that will come and fulfill this. So when they saw Jesus, they thought, this man has come. But at that time, the Romans were dominating them. So they've seen a king that is going to come to give them freedom from the Roman rules so that that kingdom will spread and spread like David's one. Sometimes we also misjudge Jesus, the kingship of Jesus. We see Jesus in a certain way and think this is how Jesus must People come to him purposely just because they want a husband. Yes, he's a, hus he's a husband giver. He's a wife giver. But that is not his major work. Yes, he's a king. His kingdom is going to spread. But we have our mindset of how kings rule and how kings should spread their kingdom. It is to take a sword and fight and drive away your enemy. They didn't know that he was coming to fight the greatest enemy, which is sin. The sin was ruling over mankind, and man didn't have power over sin. The king was coming to take away the sin of the world. But they were looking at the Romans. So our mentality about the kingdom of God is different. So some of them were so excited that we're going to have independent, like how Nkrumah and the rest brought to Ghana. And that kind of independent we all know by this time. That independent is not independent. It's good to have it. They started walking. And they went there to untie the coat. Truly, they were asked. And they said the same thing. They released the coat and the, the donkey and the coat and brought them to Jesus. The first thing they did was that they threw their, their clothes. Covering what makes you beautiful. In fact, what made you beautiful this morning is your clothes. That is why you took time to dress. 
Ja. When I come to your house and you are dressed shabbily too, you look different. Some of us, we are different like this. And we are different when we are somewhere. All of us. You know, I, I, I put on coat before I come to church. You see, when you, somebody knows me as this. I remember sometimes somebody came to the house and I was watering garden with my, my shorts. And he was asking me about the prophet. <laughs> he was looking for the prophet. He said, can I please, can I see the prophet? And I said, okay. So I took him to the hall. I said, sit down, go and call the prophet and come. So I went to the room and changed. And I came back. And I became the prophet. <laughs> Sometimes the clothes we wear also indicate our authority. That's why when the policeman put on his uniform, is different. So your people, when they are in civilian dress, they can't threaten us. But when they are in their green, green, that's where we are afraid of them, isn't it? As I'm talking, there are some among you don't know. But the moment they put on their descent, you see that uh, <laughs> sometimes they push, you will say, oh, yes, sir, they will push more. <laughs> but now if you tell you to push, you say, hey, to where? So our clothes, what we put, also signify our authority and what we operate in. When you see a judge, you see the clothes, you know there's a judge or a lawyer, you're dressed in a certain way. So you put all that you have, your authority on the horse, on, 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 the, on the donkey. When you come to Jesus, when you meet Jesus, you don't carry certain things. Whatever you have, you place it so that Jesus can use it. You put your beauty, you throw your beauty on it, Jesus sit on it. It's not for destruction, it's not for anything. This beauty, when God makes you very beautiful, it's not for you to do anything bad. It's to use that beauty for Jesus to sit on it, for people to see it and come to Christ. If God gives you wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, that it is not for you to use that to, to, to cheat other one, to look down under, under people, but to put that at the at disposal of Jesus, to sit on and to use it to advance his kingdom. He has a journey. If he's giving you strength, take it. Put it at his disposal. For me, Palm Sunday means that putting what you have at the disposal of God to be used. And the first people that did it is the disciples. It's those that followed him. We cannot sit afar and tell other people to do this while we don't do it. If there's anyone to show the first example of people to throw their clothes, their everything onto Jesus, the church or those who are closer to Jesus should be the first example. So, if it comes to anything, sacrificing for God's work, the pastor should be the first. Amen. The leader should be the second, and you should be the third. They threw their mantle, their garment, on the water, on the cold. The basket, the cold that he took, nobody ever sat on it. Maybe inexperienced cold. We expect Jesus to sit on experience, the well-trained one. But Jesus can take anything that is not even experienced. He said, oh, prophet, as for me, I don't have any, any to know. You are the one Jesus wants to sit, use. He said, oh, prophet, as for me, see my background. Yes, you are the one. 
He said, oh, prophet, me. I don't have CV. Yes, come, he'll give you CV. Whatever, whichever position you are, Jesus won't use you. And that, they brought it, they threw their mantle on it, their cloaks, their garments, because that horse have never been ridden before, so because of that, they didn't have all that it takes uh, for you to uh, sit on. So they have to use their clothes for that. So their clothes was there. But on their way, oh, let's, let's continue reading that scripture. I like it. And while they threw their garment on it, Jesus then sat on it. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloak on them for Jesus to do what? The reason why they put it on it is what? Not because the donkey or the colt is very important. What made the colt important, which I am preaching about it today, is because Jesus sat on it. If Jesus hadn't come in contact with it, look, nobody would have recorded this. This poor cold that was tied somewhere, maybe by somebody, and maybe think it has no future, Jesus had. Those who are tied will be released. And when Jesus releases you, he sits on you and uses you. As he sat on it, let me. A very large crowd spread their cloak on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The disciples put their cloak and listen on the on the cold. The others. Put, you may not have the opportunity to put it on the cold, but there, there are different levels where you can put them. The work of God, there are different levels you can contribute. You might not have the opportunity to contribute in a certain area, but in a certain area, you can, you can, you can contribute. So, Christianity is not, oh, oh if, if I were this, if I were uh, this elder, like I would do this. No, you don't need to be an elder. If I, I were a corner family leader, I would do this. No, you don't need to become a corner family leader. You have, there's a level where you can also place you. There's room for everybody in the house of God. So he, they, they place their, 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 their clothes, and those, some people didn't have clothes, some nice clothes. So they, they broke uh, 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 branches. Uh, and a very large crowd spread there. So in a large crowd, not everybody that will have money to give. In a large crowd, not everybody that will have some kind of ability in a certain area. But there are trees, there are palms around. You have strength and energy to plug one. If you don't have money to buy something to the house of God, you have strength to serve in the house of God. So in the house of God, each one can, can, can uh, have a, a duty or a work. Whether you are rich or poor, you can do something in the house of God. What then happened? I love that. When the crowd saw him, nobody pumped the crowd to prison. If Jesus comes into a church, what is our response? When we see the things of God in the church, what is our response? When God moves in our church, what is our response? When we feel Jesus is with us here, what is our response? What is our response to worship? There was a spontaneous worship. Nobody said, lift up your hands. In actual fact, telling people to lift up their hands is more tedious for somebody to tell you to lift up your hands than you voluntarily doing it. 
your mind is on the hands when it will come down. Instead of the worship. <laughs> so normally, I don't like seeing people should lift up their hands for a very long time. But spontaneously, you raise your hands. You worship him. They felt and saw that the king was coming. Even though their mentality about that king. is when you are suffering, you are going through something, and somebody is coming to deliver you. Their desire is that, their prayer is that the Messiah is going to come. And the, 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 their definition of the Messiah is different. Their definition, definition of the Messiah is to have a king, a president, who will bring economic freedom, who will do and do this. Who will create a job for everybody? Who will uh, let everybody have a place to sleep at least? Who will solve electricity problem? Who will solve all other problems in the life of the state? But the definition of God is different. So they saw Jesus and said, wow, this is the God. But they have heard about him. You know, Bethany. That is just close there. Where to this place? Bethany was the place that he resurrected. Uh, 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 Lazarus died, and and the guy, the man, the man came and so many days and brought him out. So his name had gone all over. The man that can raise the dead, who then can kill this man? Is this the Romans? No. This is the leader worthy to, to 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 follow. So they know this man. Nobody can touch him. They were looking at him as a physical man that this one, look, he can raise the dead. Even if we follow him and we die. Ah. Somebody that is dead for four days, he called him and brought him up. If I'm following him as a soldier, I'm fighting for him. And somebody kills me, you think he will let me go? He will turn and bring me back. So if you're fighting a battle, you know you can't die. Why should you be afraid? So in their mind, someone that has powers, that has some special powers, which God has called, that prophet, has come. And he's come to release Israel again. So when they saw him on the donkey, ah, they were all happy. This is the day we have been praying. These are the prayers. This is the answer to our prayers. This is the cry we have been crying. All our farms, our things have been taken by these people. This time we are going to possess it. And not only possessing it, we'll go to their place and take this too. <laughs> so it was time. And everybody was shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. In their eyes. And the crowd that went ahead of him and those that followed him shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, highest heaven. It was a time of praise. A time of worship. You cannot come in contact with the Savior and not learn how to worship and not learn how to praise. You cannot come into contact with a great person and not be able to say some words that is great. And at this time, I pray that anyone that comes and feel the presence of God at any time, worship. Don't let anybody make this. You know, worship is done in the church. But this one is on the road. It was not an organized church service. But this one was more powerful than the one that was done in the temple. People were doing it out of their heart. And nobody, there was no choir leader saying, you sing here, you sing this one, you sing this. Everybody was singing those with bass, treble, and all, all kind of this. And the part. All of them were mixing up. Let them sing. Everybody was singing, making all kind of noise unto the Lord. He didn't say I didn't have voice. Uh, he worshipped with any kind of voice. You know, some people when they are singing, some of them are afraid to sing. I said, why? I say, if I sing, I will spoil the song. 
I said, do it. It will spoil on earth, but in heaven, it will sound nicely. The sound here is different, but the sound up there, very beautiful. Because it knows, it, it knows where it's coming from. The chords there. The reason why it doesn't look nice on earth here is because we don't have those chords on this earth. They haven't discovered it yet. But in heaven, every chord is there. Everything is there. So God will put, Jesus will put all together. And it will look very, be- it will become a beautiful song. Show your heart. Hosanna. 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 And I simply mean save. Save. Our Lord, save. And in other words, praise him. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So we need to praise him. The Palm Sunday is not only cutting palm trees or palm uh, leaves and weaving it. Each one have got his palm. Put real palm, that means proper palm. Some remove, put their cloak, but we do only the palm. We don't do the cloth. Because the cloak came before the palm. Praises were there. The palm were to use to praise him. And they were putting it on the ground. And Jesus was coming. Jesus was coming. Jesus was coming. This is the king. I don't know whether he sat on it before, but I think this is the first time I heard Jesus uh, 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 when he's old, when he started his ministry, sitting on one. So Jesus had his, 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 his armor bearers were all around. They wanted to die. They said, leave them. Let them praise him. Because the armor bearers even didn't have time to drive people. They themselves were also praising him. And they were moving towards the, uh, the, the place. He was going to clean the place. This is the Savior. He's coming. This is the man who is going to deliver us. This one, the one. But sometimes I want us to have the understanding of the purpose of Jesus. He came to save. To save us from what? People were looking at him as a political leader. But the church is not going to play a political role. Our leadership is not political. It is spiritual and powerful and more powerful than the politics. Anytime a pastor lowers himself to that level, he doesn't understand the gospel. But the highest point is greater than the political point. The position of a believer is higher than any honorable. I don't say honorables are not good. They are good. If a believer is there, he's good because he's a believer. Amen. Amen. But we can spend money, spend energy, sometimes try to lie so that we can get political position. But we don't want to spend time for this great kingdom. How many of us Spend all our time strategize for the kingdom. But when it comes to when you're looking for political position now, you know how to lobby. When they come to the law, the word of God, God says, Oh, let's go out for Jesus. You know where to move. You study uh, the move and study the people. And you are, sometimes you are very nice to the people you don't want to become nice because you want the, to win their vote. <laughs> but when they come to church, you find people to run away. You can't be nice to them so that they can also remain in church and serve God. Say, God help me. It's your lifestyle sucking somebody from the kingdom of God. Ask the next person. Give him the answer. (laughs) 
If it is, then repent. <laughs> if it's not, do better. Sometimes it's not even fighting somebody. Sometimes what you do. So now the very people who will make you compromise, they're the very people who will lose faith in you. They will tell you they know the thing is wrong. They say, oh, suffer. They will tell you everybody does it. It's a trap. If you become, you don't go to the ant. <laughs> you heard yesterday, last week. And you stupidly just say, oh, you want to please the person. You'll be here. Oh, look at all oh, yes, this person have done it. This one have done it. This one have done it. And you do it. You've lost. You've lost your authority, your moral authority over that person. Anytime. You show Moses what they did to Moses. When Moses helped them to kill an Egyptian, was he no good? Didn't he help them? Was, was he not on their side? You see, they use the same. They use the same thing against Moses. When Moses came, even that's why he didn't come to kill. Because they now fear that this guy. So when he's coming close to you, he's the one that encouraged you to kill that person. But after you finish, when you get close to them, if he helps the one still, if you come close to his business, he knows you're a thief. Stand! You may lose for a period. But you have won a lasting battle. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes the easiest way is to compromise. But if you fail to compromise, you become a master over the one you didn't compromise. Anytime he sees you, he might be your boss, but he's afraid of you. He might be the boss, but he knows. You know, there are some people who say, oh, after this when they are talking about something, they say, this guy, hey, after this guy, you're the fan as well. They should tell you like that. How did they come to that conclusion? They've tried him. And they know this guy, he does, this is his stand. There are some people, oh, this one, oh, this pastor, oh, when we get there, oh, he, he can help us. Jesus is crying. They threw their clothes, some cut palm trees, and put them there as a phrase Hosanna, 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 Hosanna. I want us to worship God right from our spirit, not somebody forcing us to worship us. Yes, the those who worship God in truth and in spirit. I pray that we'll have the revelation of Jesus. He was riding through Jerusalem and they cried. Let me finish. Wow, Jesus. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was what? Stared and asked, who is this? It is when we worship Jesus well, when we serve Jesus with all our substance, with all our lives, the world will then ask, who is this God? You know, Jesus has entered Jerusalem several times. He's been there, he's gone there, not once. But for this one, there is a question. Who is this? Why did they ask that question, who is this? Why? Because the crowd, 
the worship and the praise. Then, no. Who is that that can gather people to worship spontaneously? Anybody that is there, they start shouting. And, oh, Jesus. Who is this? Then let's see what. The crowd answered. This is who? The prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. If you don't know, we are telling you. You might not like to accept that he is, but we will know him as a prophet. That is their revelation about Jesus at that time. They knew Jesus as a prophet, as waiting the prophet, because for a very long time, they've never heard about any, uh, uh, any prophet apart from John the Baptist, who then later John the Baptist came. And they saw this one who can raise the dead, who can open the eyes, who can do what the Pharisees and the Sadducees couldn't see. The Pharisees and the Sadducees, what they couldn't do. This is a man who never taught like a theologian. He will bring God's word in reality to people because he is the word. When he speaks that word, he demonstrates it. He does not only speak it in word, he put it in pictorial form. If God loves you, he then tends to show the love of God. If God can provide, he takes a bread and breaks it and feeds them and says this is a, a message to all of you, that Jesus, God has the way to provide. He can provide for your need. He is not only the man of word, he's the man of action. This is a Jesus who is entering into Jerusalem. And that was his last time. But the people didn't know. Scriptures might be fulfilled. I read about that scripture in Zechariah chapter 9. Isn't it? Verse 9. It was talking about Jesus but it was less than one week for Jesus to die. How can this, within one week, which they are going to kill a man, this prophecy will fulfill? Look, even if it's left with one day, God has the ability to fulfill the prophecy about your life. As if the gate is closing, as if his days are ending, as if Jesus was going to die, Less than a week, he will be crucified. But this scripture is still hanging and waiting. How can it come to pass? Maybe your time seems to have been moving fast and as if it cannot be fulfilled. His life journey to Jerusalem was that time. How can this thing be fulfilled? When will it be fulfilled? Who can then gather the crowd within one week? But God performed his word. When he speaks his word, he also will watch over that word and will make sure it's fulfilled. It doesn't matter how long it has kept. It doesn't matter how late it looked like it is. God has the way to fulfill his word. It was on Sunday, isn't it? And Friday he was. So the contrast is so, the very person, everybody was praising. Everybody was doing all this. I know. Everybody was saying, oh, praise the Lord. Everybody said, worship. Everybody was worshiping. And they were who is this? Less than a week. The next Sunday they didn't meet him. There are another group. Who also have a son crucify him? But sometimes when they another, you see, there are different groups in the world though. So now when one rises as if there's nothing, the others hiding. They won't talk, but they are there. 
But then following this, they see, as if the same people, they see another crowd followed, crucified him. This is Jesus entering into Jerusalem. He was going to clean the temple for the first time. He's the man that clean, he brings, he cleanses the place. He did it physically. The same way, if there are any evil things in us, he has the ability to drive them away. He has the authority to do it. God has given, he has taken the authority to cleanse everybody. He came that we can be clean. Don't think your sin is so huge that you cannot be forgiven. Jesus has the power to make you clean. He has the strength and the power and the ability to make you. He sat on it. And for the first time, Jesus was sitting in his limousine. It's a limousine, but the borrowed one. But the borrowed one had become presidential limousine. And he was going. Everybody was happy. Hosanna in the high. Hosanna. Even the angels. Hosanna in the hallelujah. Hallelujah. Even the angels are singing. I, 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 I thought the angels might be joining them while they were singing. You remember his birth. The, the, the heavenly choir sang praises. Sang Hosanna, sang this song, and as he was leaving, the earthly choir, made up of different voices, imperfect voices, also sang the same thing. This is our high priest. We all set him with heavenly choir, and he left with the earthly choir. Jesus, who can this be? Who can this be? Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth. He is the one that is supposed to come to save them. But my question to you and my appeal to you is that how do you see Jesus? Coming to church, what's your reason for coming to church? Or becoming a Christian? Is it because of the Romans? Because some of them, they are tired of the Roman rule. The Roman Empire. They are tired. So they are, all their hope was in this new Messiah. Who, when even you follow him and the Romans killed you, he can bring you back to life. What the reason for coming or becoming a Christian? Do you have a reason why you are a Christian? Ask yourself. It's good for them to liberate it from the Roman Empire. But that is not the end. There's what I call eternal life. He came purposely to give you eternal life. To liberate us from the greatest enemy, which is Satan. The greatest enemy that gets into people to make them do evil. Satan. That is what he has come. That king has come. Sitting on the court. Coming to bring us and rule us. Directs us and give us life. Jesus Christ, our king. Jesus Christ our king. Jesus Christ, our king. If he is your king, then the king instruction must be taken. So whatever instruction he gives you, then you should be able to obey. If you recognize him as your king, because he will not give you instruction that will destroy you. 
He gives you instruction that will help you. And this is our king. Let us make room for him. Let us put what we have down for him. Let us be able to give what we have for him. You may not have money. You may not have anything. But I want you to be able to give something. Throw your, listen, your strength is there. If you can't, you come to church, you don't have money, you have strength. You can serve in the house of God. Say amen. amen. Say amen. amen. You don't serve because of some ulterior motive. Some people sometimes enter into a church and they will do everything to obey, go through the church's uh, program because they have their own agenda. Some will go through and, 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 and they come, they, they want where prominence is, they will be there. So that they can do their business. They become, they be looking. And you find out that if you're a businessman, you'll be picking them one by one. Picking them one by one. Some too, they can do. That one, when you do, it's not, I think that's not, some have some motive. If I come to this church, people are bringing plenty cars. So they are rich. You don't know how they suffered before they came. <laughs> the fact that somebody is driving a car doesn't mean that he's rich. Sometimes, some of them want to park their car and take trotter and come, but because they've been bringing car, somebody will ask you, what happened to your car? <laughs> so they'll go and find one gallon or half a gallon and put it in. And while after coming to church, he's thinking whether that half gallon can take him home. So he's taught in the church all the preaching is jammed up in his head. How am I going to get home? You don't know. You are here. You don't have a car. So you are not thinking about how you get home. So the fact that somebody is sitting in a car don't judge him to be a rich, a rich person. Someone there is somebody who left his car to him. That, oh, take care of this car. Just warm it. So Sunday is the one he warms it. So when he's coming to church. And they travel outside so that the car will be warm, will spark every distance. So every Sunday, say, I warm it with my, this is Sunday. That's why he, nice car, aqua unifi. <laughs> you see him, oh, you go and collect his Bible because of that big car. It's for somebody who, <laughs> what I want is, if we want to serve God, let's serve Him sincerely from our heart, not because we have anything we want to gain something from Him. a pastor. The reason why I want to be a pastor, somebody told me, pastor, I want to be a pastor. And the thing is the fastest way to avoid poverty. And I told the guy, there are very poor pastors. Majority of them don't know half what to I'm a pastor, I know. Sometimes a pastor comes, he speaks about his problem. I don't want to say what I do in secret. The needs are more than the needs of the congregation. Sometimes what he and his wife One of them says, he fasts three times a week. Not because God asked him to fast. 
praise the Lord. I say, oh, pastor. If it's money, that's not the best, but go and do business. It's better. You see, you're sitting in a car. Yes. It's true I'm sitting in a car. But I didn't come because of the car. If we take the car, I'll sell it. At a point, I wasn't. I will have meeting at Beijing Powers. Preach to people. Solution Center. People get healed. And when they finish, they will line at the day the Holy Ghost will move. That day, that is where the line will be longer. <laughs> you will talk after you finish. They will go with their cars. And I have to sometimes walk from Beijing Powers to Dansoma. As I'm walking, I'm praising the Lord. I'm very happy I serve God. I have gladness. I told you sometimes, my wife, we wouldn't have food. She asked me, I said, you go. By faith. And we're not thinking about ourselves, but some pastors were living with us. They are my headache. I feel they must eat every day, even if you say you won't eat. So that she will cook for them and we will fast if we have the food is little. In all that God has been very faithful. You don't serve God. You don't take the call of God because you want to enrich yourself. It's the fastest way. No. You enter into error. When we come to the house of God, we serve God because we love him. We serve him not because we want what he say. Ah, I say, I say eh, this is eh, prominent for this. If I do this, then I calm them. People, uh, uh, anytime I am looking for some, maybe some people say, oh, the day I'm coming to this church, so that when I have problem, they can help me. You are walking in error. <laughs> the church is not to help you for your problem. You need to believe God for your problem. It is Jesus who solves problem. Yes, you can be very faithful, and in your faithfulness, Jesus can use the church to bless you. If you don't have this mentality, you'll be offended. My father has died, and nobody. Nobody gave me money for the coffin. I must some people complain. Somebody said, Pastor, the church, when the member died, we should buy coffin. I said, How many hours did they spend in church? And how many hours do you spend at your workplace in a week? Do you go to tell your workplace that buy us coffin because you work the eight hours? And that when you work, when you rush, that's why in the morning, early in the morning. I said, if we were in the time of Jesus, he told, let the dead bury their dead. You'll be offended. I think if a church member is in trouble, the church should be able to help. But it shouldn't be the basic basis why people come to church. The basis should be Christ. 
So I'm aligning your thought to Christianity. Christ, and you should ask, the, what can I do for God? The modern day Christian is that, what can Jesus do for me? I want a church when I go there. I can gain. I can get something. It's good to think like that. But when you come in, you say, take up your cross and follow me. There is a cross. Pastors don't tell you. But I'm telling you. When you become a Christian, you have your cross to carry, to follow him. Each one's cross is different. If you're not ready to carry your cross, you're not fit for the kingdom. It's a prophet. Today, Palm Sunday, you're talking about cross. Yes, he's leading us to the cross. Today, I want you to make commitment to Jesus, to the king. That your life, the first thing he needs is your life. Surrendering your whole life unto him. That this life is for you. You said, I want you to make that prayer, that commitment to him. The Lord, I give my life to you. I surrender my whole life to you. I want to save you with all my life. With the sincerity of my heart. Yes, I may fall, I may sin. But I still want to save you. I want you to talk to him. Speak to him.